Attention! Welcome to the Film Mages Podcast, where the popcorn is our ammunition, the couch is our foxhole, and the cinema is our place of worship. Now let me see your war face! Ah! It's a new Zach. It's a new love on me. Feeling good, bum bum, bum bum. Oh, Zach's feeling good. I'm gonna go ahead and turn your levels down, uh, cause I don't like what I'm hearing. You don't like what you're hearing? No. You don't like it? Hey, I, not much. Really? Not much. Okay. Well, you know what? Fine. I won't. I won't serenade you ever again. Please don't. I'm asking you. At least not, not on to. the podcast. I'll yeah. go back to. I'll, we'll go back to normal as soon as we stop. Uh, are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. Hey, we're recording. Yeah, it's uh, it's the film majors. It's, we're back. It's the film ma- majors, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone all between. It's fantastic. Two, all two of us. All two of us. Yeah. That's right. We had a call time of six o'clock, and it is now six thirty. Technically, we had a call time of four o'clock, but Originally, that, got, that got pushed. It got pushed. Yeah. Pushed it hard. Yeah, pushed. I was stuck doing a bunch of paperwork for, well, for, for work, and uh, that was exhausting. I am operating off of, I think, six hours of sleep. Maybe, yeah, maybe I, uh, I was surprised to see Mick awake at noon today, because I believe he finished work at, like, six in the morning? 6.30 was when I got home. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not good. It's not good, but you that's know what? not what you want. You know what? What? I'm living the dream. I am living the dream. I guess so. Going to work late, going home late, having no social life whatsoever. It's good. No yeah, I really, I haven't, I haven't seen you in quite some time. Actually, it's good to see you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. It's good to see you too. Yeah, I've seen you more than you've seen me because often I get home and you're sleeping, and you know I just like to check in. Yeah, Nick likes to peek in. I like to do a little see peeking. if I'm doing okay. A little bit of a peeky peeky. Little peeky peeky. This is good. Check your little toes. Uh, what? What about my little toes? I, you know I call them. You know I call them little Zacky's jelly beans. I your really toes. don't enjoy that. <laughs> oh, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ! What's your favorite flavor of jelly bean? Well, none now. You don't have a. Fa- you don't have a favorite flavor of jelly belly bean. I don't think I have a. I can't think of the last time I ate jelly beans. I'll tell you my f- favorite flavor, and then I'm going to give it. Your favorite beans. flavor, my toes? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like Cotija a little bit. What? Yeah. Oh, God, I gotta clean my feet. This is actually, you know, I did. I came. Well, <laughs> I'm really happy I'm not staying I, yeah. here tonight. <laughs> my goodness. I'm so sorry, ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, everyone in between. That is so inappropriate. We should we should we should be professional. This yeah, is a we professional should be. Podcast. This is a professional podcast. So it amongst is. Amongst professional people. We have, we have a sponsor now. Oh, do we? No, no, we don't. Oh. No, no, we are we are proudly sponsored by no one. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, this as this, of this podcast time. is brought to you by no one. People don't want us on the air. That's right. That is right. People don't want us on the air, but you know we are we are uh, we are forging ahead. And despite everyone's wishes, we're back. We are back. Yeah. Uh, so how have you been, Zach? While we're waiting patiently for our <laughs> host. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm feeling really patient right now. Uh, I've been okay. You know, I've I've, I've got work tomorrow. Nice. Uh, you look good, oh, kid. Oh, who's this? Who is this at who's the this door? Who's this walking in? It's our is it our special host? guest? <laughs> oh boy! Hey. Wow, there she is. Hey, 
How are 32 you? minutes past call time. It's fantastic. Yeah. You know what, Alexis? I take back everything I was just saying about you. You look good. Uh, these sweatpants fit well, thank you. Yes, yes, they do. Yeah. Okay. So look at that. <laughs> okay, first of all, fuck off. I know all of you guys have been awake for hours. I literally woke up like an hour, two, maybe two hours ago, maybe. Wow. Wow. Into the darkness. Woke up into the darkness. That's sad. That's quite sad. Alexis no, is like uh, Alexis has become sort of a, a creature of the night and you know, what beautiful music she makes. Alexis is a creature of the night. <laughs> you know, uh, I was talking to her the other day at work, and I realized that during our The Thing episode, I think that was the one we were talking about, how where did the amoeba thing came from. And she I said, believe, yes, that's correct. I, I joked about reproducing at a cellular level, and then there would be more of me, and I realized, oh my god, Alexis is the <laughs> thing. Alexis is the thing, yeah. yeah. She is consuming all of us, Slowly absorbing but us. Yes. But don't call me Shirley. All right. Alexis, can I ask you a personal question? You do every day. So What's go going on? <laughs> oh, my God. He got it in. He's never gotten it in. I before. got it in. No one was looking, and I snuck it in. Ugh. Oh, no. Ugh, yuck. Uh, yeah, what is so going on? What's going on? Anybody? Anybody got something going on? Anybody seen any new films? Because I haven't. Have I? I don't know if I have. Uh, I've been continuing on Zach's Halloween Spooktacular. Ooh. So those are all films that you've already seen. Yes, I've then? seen all of the films on the list before. Okay. Um, I've seen all of the films I've already seen. Yep. Nice. Nice. Uh, what did we... Oh, we rewatched Clue last week. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. We did, because we were talking about Death Becomes Her, and it kind of reminds us of Clue a little bit. What a fun movie that was. Oh, my God, it's so fun. I it's love really Tim Curry. It's really fun. Tim Curry, man. Tim Curry's it's incredible great. in oh, that movie. I do have a, a short little story. I Please, tell me your tale. I think I already told you this while we were watching the movie. But um, in high school, I had this one government teacher. He was super chill. But I would wear this, like, purple cardigan to class, like, all the time. And uh, he started calling me Professor Plum. And I, I honestly, I didn't understand because I'd never seen Clue before. And it wasn't until, like, maybe, like, another, like, five to six years later that I saw the movie. But I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alexis uh, was being referred to as the uh, incredibly horny character played by the incomparable Christopher Lloyd. That tracks. Yeah, that, no, that makes sense for me. Based on our viewing experience of the movie that we're going to be talking about today, that absolutely tracks. Yeah, yeah, it does. that was a that was a sweaty viewing experience. It was. Um, you know what's going on with me is uh, I am proud to say I have started listening to our podcast. Oh, congratulate! Yeah, beyond I episode one, I oh accidentally God. skipped Rocket Man. I forgot about that episode, so I started with Barbarian and then the. Which thing. is so funny because they're literally just. In a line on Spotify. I, I, I was driving, and okay. I was put on my phone. I was like, oh, yeah, that, that, that one. That was our next one. <laughs> okay. And then I okay. noticed that it was right. I still have to listen to that one. You know, I have to say, I like us. Oh, I enjoy this show. Yeah. That's kind of nice. Yeah. It's this, a little self-involved, but well, I like that. That feels good. Yeah, I enjoy doing like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice, yeah, to, it's I, nice to set time aside to hang out with my friends. Yeah, absolutely. I really I really enjoy this. Uh, listening to it is really fun. Um, I do have, I, I have noticed though, I enjoy the parts of us just bantering. Once we start getting into the movie part, I'm just like, eh. Well, I feel like... <laughs> Which is kind of the point of the whole show. 
I feel like part of that is because, like, we've seen the movie. Like, we, you know. I guess. I, yeah. I feel like I guess if you we, we have our own, ins- we know what our own insights are. So, like, yeah. hearing your own takes on a movie that you watched, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, if we're listeners, go ahead and write us in, email us or, or message us or tweet us, say, which parts of the show do you prefer when we are just, you know, oh. bantering or when we actually talk about I, what's I love, going on? I love each time a new episode drops because my friend Allison that I yeah. you know, referenced last time, she's always she's always saying, like, the little parts that she just, like, absolutely loved that, like, made her, like, cackle, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I'll be honest, like... I've listened to the, I think it's the Barbarian episode where you, you told the story about me being a fly and then dying. <laughs> still haunts me. It's still funny. <laughs> the yeah. bit about me dying is still funny. I can't wait till I get sick again so we can do it all over again. <laughs> that can be arranged. Won't be long, yeah. I mean, it's starting to get colder in LA. We're starting to get rain. Alexis will probably get sick again. Yep. I'm going to catch another pneumonia. chill. I'm going to yeah. catch a chill. Uh, my yeah. bronchitis. Uh, what's going on for me is I'm uh, just about done writing a, writing a feature film. Just hey, about, congratulations. Just about done with a feature screenplay that I've been working on with my friend Drew. Drew. So, Drew. 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 Nice. And, okay. and uh, what page are you on? <laughs> uh, 75, I believe. Nice. Yeah. That's great. It's probably going to be like a 90-page screenplay. So, yeah, we're just about done. Fantastic. Yeah, Good for you. feeling productive. Exercising those creative muscles and getting the juices flowing. Yeah, I like I, that. You know, I love that for you. Somehow, I love say. that for you. <laughs> yep, there she goes. Great, thank you. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else we got going on. Uh, uh, well, I think it would behoove us to talk about the uh, the late wonderful Robbie Coltrane, who sadly passed away. Oh yeah, transphobe. Is he? Yep. Oh, yeah. No. He was one of the people who came out and supported J.K. Rowling when she started down her fucking transphobic uh, death spiral. I didn't know that. Yeah, so uh, Robbie Coltrane, rest in piss, bitch. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I Okay. I don't care if the body's warm. Fuck you, Hagrid. All right. You know what? That's interesting. Those nuns can run straight into the grave. Wow. All right, well, that's probably... There's a movie called Nuns on the Run. Nuns on the Run. We should probably move on from that then, because uh, <laughs> I did not know that, and uh, I am... Uh, yeah, fuck, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, there are no words for me, so... There are no words. Yeah. Only hate. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Oh, Why I... Not? Speaking of dead actors who were in Harry Potter, mm-hmm. uh, I some of... Alan Rickman's Alan memoirs Rickman. got published. I don't know if this was like a week ago or something, but like his memoirs, uh, he wanted published po- posthumously, and his wife published them. And there's there's some funny stuff in there in terms of like times where he was like, okay, I'm fucking leaving these stupid kids movies, and like his opinions of various actors on them. He's perfect for that. Yeah, he, apparently <laughs> he was. His comments on Daniel Radcliffe were like. He's a wonderful boy. I do not know if he will be a great actor, but I'm sure he will write and direct at some point. 
Which, Ooh. I mean, personally, I think Daniel Radcliffe has grown into quite a wonderful actor. Oh, yeah. So. I can't wait to see yeah, him in Weird Al. Just like all the stills that I've seen from the movie have yeah. been angry. I, so yeah, I cannot, I cannot <laughs> wait for Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Yeah, uh, I love how Weird Al Yankovic gave an interview saying that, you know, we want this to be a faithful biopic, and then about halfway through, it's not. It completely <laughs> is all lies. And I want the audience to go, oh, so this is what happened. Wait. What? <laughs> <laughs> Have either of you guys seen UHF? No. No. I, what is that? It's the movie that Weird Al starred in in like the 80s. I, oh, I have a soft spot okay. for it. It's about like saving a like shitty TV station. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's uh, fun. Yeah, check out that new and current film, UHF. UHF. <laughs> you, you know what is new and current and continues to say new and current? Florence Pugh. That woman is just slaying every single like red carpet that she walks down. I'm just saying, I know that you guys don't look at outfits, but I look at outfits. Not she... true. And I was on TikTok, and uh, I somehow ended up in the Florence Pugh aisle. And, As you uh, should. My goodness. One, I don't know who is dressing her, but... Uh, incredible. In, incredible. Yeah, yeah, she had this like sea, uh, teal kind beautiful. of like jumper pantsuit. I don't know. It was, it was nice. I liked nice. it. Wow. That's great. Good for you, Florence. Go yeah. off. And so it's like, I want to let Don't Worry Darling go, but I still feel like I have to see it. <laughs> you will. You don't have to. I want to. Well, you know, live your truth. I've talked to some other people and they said they liked it, actually. Yeah. One so of I'm the, getting some mixed stuff about one it. One of the actresses I talked to on the movie that we're working on, she, she said she liked it. She also agreed that there should be more Chris Pine. I mean, we could have more Chris Pine in all things. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. How are you doing there? Yeah. Oh, you, okay. Viewers don't know because this is such a visual medium, but I am in... Normally, I come relatively well-dressed to this podcast. Relatively. Yeah. I am in sweatpants, a t-shirt, and a sweatshirt, an anime sweatshirt. My hair is pulled back into a bun. I really said... I'm rolling out of bed. I made myself food. Then I realized I needed to do my skincare. So then my food grew cold as I did that. And then I ate it on the way here. So it's been great. And then I was getting text messages from you guys. Where are you? Where are you, Alexis? And I was like, die slowly on the 101. Die faster in our apartment. <laughs> yeah. Die here. Come join us. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, that's good. <laughs> it's Enrique, our Enrique, roommate! Our roommate Enrique's here! He's here! It's oh my Enrique. god, he's going through the drawers. Guys, just blew the audio, absolutely. What is wrong with that's you? That's okay, we, we can cut it this out. We can cut it this out. We can cut it. We can cut what? I'm keeping this in. <laughs> No, you yeah. gotta turn that part down. You're gonna blast people's ears. That's fine. I'll put a I'll put a limiter on it. Oh yeah. Um, Technology. Uh, that's well, all I got for what's going yo, on. Okay, so you know, to be fair, me and Mick have been working five days a week, more than fourteen hour days usually. Oh so, yeah, sixteen. Um, yeah. Often. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's been it has been rough. 
to say the very least. Yeah, and I mean the reason why I woke up at four thirty is because we literally what we wrapped we wrapped at like five in the morning, and then we left the park. Like all the AD team was just chilling in the parking lot, decompressing. We were so loopy that at the end, people were starting to argue about phonetics. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up. I think we should revisit that. The, the Celtics? Yeah, so it's interesting <laughs> how it's the Boston Celtics, but if you are Celtic, it's with a hard C. That is interesting. And then, so the, uh, the, the script writing program, not writer duet, the other one, how do you say it? Celtics. Okay, I, okay, so they say, the people we were working with, they call it Celtics. Well, that just sounds like the Celtics. Exactly. But then you're Celtic. You're not yeah. Celtic. Oh, no, 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 I'm into that. Let's talk about this for 20 minutes. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> and I've faded. <laughs> I faded hard. <laughs> I do I do enjoy a night shoot to some degree because people do get loopy towards the end of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, once you do it a bunch of times in a row, then it starts to be real, real draining. So well, luckily, I do empathize. Luckily for us, the week starts out real strong with like a 4 a.m. call time. <laughs> And then by the time we get to the end of the week, it's a 4 p.m. call time. <laughs> so, yeah. um, it's been fun. Well, uh, you guys are in the home stretch now, right? One more week. One just more one more week. week. And then, honestly, I think we're going to have to, like, gorge ourselves on, like, movies to make up for all of this yeah. latent what's going on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I uh, I've been hearing some interesting stuff about Halloween Ends, and I might have to check it out. Is it good? Maybe. I I've heard it's interesting. Wait, Mick, am I allowed to tell the story, like a story from set, as long as I don't name names? (sighs) Which one? Mm, Chasing people. Oh sure. Mm. So uh, at the location where we're at, it's pretty big. It's a big, 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 big house. And uh, many rooms, many ways to get in and out of these rooms. And I have to chase people around in order to keep track of them. So I'm gonna be honest, I don't know. This place might be cursed, maybe a little bit. I mean, it's, it's very in, in, in time with Halloween. Yeah, I'm but, into that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I was in the basement. <laughs> there is a giant room of mirrors great start it's uh, i found that room too and i got scared and i left yes because yeah, it's in weird. the basement okay the first the time the first time uh someone took me down there was they were like okay we're gonna need to shut off the fountain and i was like okay for sure let me just show you where it's at and i was like okay yeah yeah, yeah. so we go into a doorway down a flight of stairs and he's like yeah so it's in the basement and i was like no Absolutely not. It, it, measure and started measuring it, no, it felt like the moment in Barbarian where he just starts, we just started going down these stairs, and I was like, this is a hard no for me. The rooms were empty, there was a boiler, and I was like, this is a hard no. Nor. <laughs> no. Nor. Oh, nor. Um, anyways, thankfully, I did not end up having to go down there to turn off the faucet, but unfortunately, the next day, I had to go down there and chase a bunch of people six feet away because uh, I'm trying to be inconspicuous and not show that I am, in fact, following them around to keep track of them, and there's just, like, it's just me in this hallway of mirrors, like, looking around the corner, P. 
peeping my head out just to make sure and they're still there. Around and Colonel Tom Parker said, "You look large." <laughs> <laughs> no, I turned around and it was just me, and that was just as frightening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seeing your face at like four a.m. in the morning, it's like. Uh, yeah, but then it was also like they were in this other room that I hadn't been in in the basement, and I was like, "Where are they?" And then I realized they were in, like, a wine cellar, okay? Did you get cask of amontillado <laughs> No, I mean, they were giggling, and I was like, are they still in there? They're are they in a different part of the house now, and I just missed them? But then I was like, no, they're just, they must be deep in this wine cellar. So it was just me, like, another, like, three feet away from the opening of this wine cellar. And unfortunately, one of them came out, and I just, like, had to pop around the corner before they saw me. And I was like, <laughs> you are the ghoul. <laughs> yeah, no, so what somebody from our team was like, I think this place is cursed. And I was like, I'll be honest, I was following some people through the basement, and you're the curse. I may be the curse because it, <laughs> it was me popping around the corner. <laughs> yeah. So that was fun. Kind that of, is pretty fun. I was sweaty. That's the best part about this <laughs> production. <laughs> the best part about Every this production episode. is literally just the fact that I get to, at some point, be like, all right, guys, it's boy sweat Alexis time. <laughs> <laughs> our, all of our listeners will know by the end of this just what great pores you have. I they're do. Just I'm overtime. Yeah, they they work. They're work. They're working. <laughs> well, I feel like we can get out of what's going on. Please. And what I'd like to talk about as our big topic today is horror films as prestige cinema. Prestige horror. And. I don't know if I enjoyed that. Uh, but yeah, what I mean by that is like sort of horror as quote unquote awards bait because I feel like horror as a genre is typically, I mean, it has a history of being independently financed and to be a horror fan is to sort of enjoy movies that are made with limitations movies that are sometimes kitschy, sometimes campy, mm -hmm. and very often are not the kind of movies that are respected in, you know, highfalutin film circles. So I think that it's it's interesting when you get horror movies that are kind of more in line with those prestigious notions of like what makes a good movie. Yeah. Um the time period that I kind of think of as being interesting is right after Silence of the Lambs became the third movie to clean up the big five Oscars. Yeah. Where you started to get studios financing horror projects that were more aimed at being serious awards contenders. And sometimes those movies, you know, pay off their you know, genre expectations and deliver as a scary movie, you get something like the film that we're talking about today. And then sometimes you get these movies that are kind of horror in name only, but don't really deliver like actual scares or genre tropes, like something like uh, Wolf starring Jack Nicholson. Yeah, I would also put in there, which is much earlier, uh, which I finally saw, actually, with you, Rosemary's Baby. Yes, yeah, that's you a had... an example, I think, of a, of a horror film that's not 
doesn't have any like scares in it, but it's I would count that as a prestige horror film. I would say that Rosemary's Baby does have some scares in it. I I find that to be a fairly unsettling movie, not to sing the praises of I'm I'm annoyed that Rosemary's Baby is as good of a movie as it is mm-hmm. because That's it's made director. by Polanski. Boo. But, I love Mia Farrow though. Oh yeah. She was really young in that. She was really great young. performance. Um yeah. No, fuck him. But uh, as a woman, the movie is truly terrifying to be to me to just be like not in control of like your bodily autonomy in any sort of way. Yeah. And by the end of it, just uh, I think kind of almost being forced by I don't know if you would call it like the instincts of womanhood almost to want to care for your offspring. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is that also feels like an entrapment. Um, and it, and in fact, is you know because then now she's stuck with all these fucking crazy people. Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. son of the devil. If everything, <laughs> if everything is taken from you, all you have left is yourself and your body. And if that is violated, yeah. I mean, it's just that it, that really is horrifying. Yeah. It's a very chilling, chilling premise. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then just like everybody just gaslighting her the whole time. She's mm-hmm. like, "You're crazy. We're, we're we're trying to help you." I think you said this is like gaslighting the movie. Other than the, that, movie yeah. Other than the movie gaslighting. Other than the movie gaslighting, which yeah. is where that comes from. Um, we should uh, watch that someday. Yeah, we should. We should With talk. Alexis. Yeah, we should watch. We <laughs> should do that to Alexis. <laughs> God, why haven't I thought of that? That seems such. This seems like such a new concept. Gaslighting, gaslighting Alexis. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we haven't we haven't done that, have we? Yeah. The the new concept is eel slurping. That's a little preview. We'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get that back to that, that further episode. What you'll understand we've, soon enough. I think we've explained this, but yeah, it'll be good actually if you don't remember because when we get to the movie, you'll understand what we mean. And <laughs> I feel violated. <laughs> well. Moving on. <laughs> uh, the the other thing that I I want I'm gonna power through. The other thing that I wanted to talk about in terms of prestige horror is I feel like we're kind of in another run of that after Get Out got a lot of awards recognitions where you yeah. have horror movies that are because I mean horror any good movie like has you know, strong thematic content and mm-hmm. is about something. But I feel like we've gotten some movies uh, that are largely driven by being social commentaries, kind of riding that wave of what Get Out did. Like, you get something like, uh, what was that movie that came out? Called Antebellum? Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, also written by Jordan Peele, the new Candyman. Like, mm-hmm. stuff that mm-hmm. is trying to seriously grapple with important social issues and, you know, grab onto some of that prestige that Get Out has. Yeah. Did did Candyman come out this year? Candyman came out last year. Oh, that's last year. Oh, okay. When I was listing the movies that I think have been really good this year, I thought I forgot about Candyman. That happened last year. Oh, it did, because when we were working on Nope, they wanted to have a, a screening. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, so Prestige horror what's the other one because if they're from the 90s because if, if there's uh, a silence of the lambs then the one we're talking about today mary shelley's frankenstein ah okay. not a great movie 
But I see... I, okay, I or can see... another one, which is my movie for today on the October Horror Movie List, is oh, yeah. Interview with the Vampire. Oh, I love that movie. Hey. That's so, so fun. Good. I did not know that I needed some uh, uh, Tom Cruise on Brad Pitt vampy action until I watched that for the first time. And you don't know what uh, you need it until you watch it. Sometimes you don't know what you need until it's right in front of you. Happening. The word vampy just like disgusts me on such a visceral level. Oh, that makes one of us. Oh. I don't know. Uh, right, Alexis, the vampy right. Alexis, you're on the same side of the table as me. You have to be on my side today. Yeah, you know, but you're denouncing but Alexis, va- the word vampy, and I literally use that to describe clothes that I wear. So yeah, Alexis, uh, when we were setting things up, where we're am like, I? Zach wanted to sit over there. <laughs> Sandwiched between us. <laughs> yeah, so that he wouldn't be in the hot seat. And yeah. somehow, somehow. Somehow this seat's the feeling seat. warm. Yeah. I uh, lit a burner as soon as I walked in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> um, I take back all the nice things I said. This is this is a troubling experience for me. Mary, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. It's, it's interesting. I gotta say, uh, Robert De Niro's performance as the monster... Really yes, it's he is quite good. I've never seen it. It's uh, in my uh, in my double Blu-ray set with uh, our film that we're talking about today. Yeah. Should we should we move on to the movie we're talking about? Because I really want to talk about it because I, I really like it. Okay, okay, I feel wait. like we're going to talk about this for a long time, so we should probably get into it. Yeah, I'm going to bring up my notes. I like your shirt, Zach. Thanks. Yeah, it's a They Live shirt. Yeah. It's really nice. Thank you. Continuing to go off. <laughs> Alexis. It's a John Carpenter movie. You said that on purpose, didn't you? Because <laughs> I knew I'd get that reaction. Yeah. I love just like whenever I tell you guys that I haven't seen a horror movie because you guys get so. It's like, not a horror movie. I love when I tell you guys when I haven't seen any movie. <laughs> you like to deflate us like old birthday balloons. Yeah. We're like the wrinkly old balloons that Alexis I'm literally grabs like, us and lets us deflate the rest of the air. No, I'm like that child who just like after the birthday party's over just like starts grabbing the balloons and just like jumping on them to pop them. Was that you as a child? Are you, you jumping on us? To pop you? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, let's get into our movie and that would be Bram Stoker's Dracula, a 1992 film directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Don't do it. Welcome to Transylvania. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I love this movie. This, I think this was one of the first horror movies that I actually watched. I, wow. Re- yeah, I rented it from Blockbuster Video when I was like 14, 15. Blockbuster? Yeah, rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah, real quick, uh, fuck Netflix for making that blockbuster, like, comedy series. Like, fuck you. That's the equivalent, that's the fucking TV equivalent of when Hannibal Lecter cuts off the cop's face and wears it like a mask. Wow. Don't hold back. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> fuck you, Netflix. You took it, you took it from me. How dare you stand where he stood. I guess you're not shopping your script around on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Netflix, you can eat it. I do have to say there's a small part of me that's proud that the last open blockbuster is in our home state, Zach, in yeah. Oregon, Bend, Oregon. There's still a blockbuster. There's one blockbuster left. I mean, that's what the documentary is about, right? The last It's not a documentary. It's a comedy series. Okay. Is it? Yeah. What? Yeah. I think Wait, they, I think they also put out series. a documentary. It's called The Last Blockbuster. Yeah, no, there's a comedy series they're putting out 
the oh second the last blockbuster starring Randall Park, I believe. <sighs> uh, yeah. Okay. I'm now, I, yeah. Now I'm really. You see, like, you see why I'm mad now? Yeah, I get it. Now I'm boy sweat Alexis over here, frustrated. You're not. Uh, you you're have not. to be dripping. Yeah. <laughs> you said that so a matter of fact. You're just looking off into this. Nope. You gotta be dripping. Gotta be dripping. You gotta feel that little no, drip. We were down. literally on set and he was like, I think I'm boy sweat Alexis today. And I literally just wiped my finger across his forehead and I was like, nope, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> gotta be damp. Um, but yeah, Brom uh, Stoker's Dracula is. Uh, I didn't know how I felt about it the first time I saw it. Saw it a second time, it grew on me, and it wasn't crazy about Keanu Reeves' performance, which of course that's kind of the main thing people talk about. Yeah. But now having seen it a third time, I am solidly really into the movie, and Keanu Reeves' performance, I gotta admit, it doesn't bug me. I've come it's around. It's fine. It's, yeah, it's yeah. actually not that bad. It's jarring at first, but when you get used to it, and then you're just, you're absorbed by the splendor and the gothic, just... The, the the expansiveness of the of everything, the set design, the costumes, the cinematography, the story. So it's a rich film. It is a very rich film. Yeah, I actually saw, I read about um, Keanu giving an interview about how the, he thinks that it's like one of his worst performances, especially like at the time when he first saw it. Um, but as time has gone, gone on, he's kind of become a little bit better about it. This was my first time seeing the movie, though. So. what did you think? What's your first oh impression? Oh, my God. I, oh, well, what was the, oh, this, okay, this remi- it reminds How me of, like. How did you react, Alexis? Uh, <laughs> this movie is, and I've told so many people about this since I've watched this movie. I was like, yeah, I watched Bram Stoker's Dragon, and they're like, oh, what'd you think? And I was like, this movie is so horny. <laughs> it is so, I, yeah. So horny. I believe I wrote down only a Catholic could make a movie this religious and this horny. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much. I, I went to nine years of Catholic school that absolutely tracks 100% behind So you. much repressed sexuality that this movie bursts at the seams or veins, you might say, because there are some sequences in this movie, folks. My God. Uh, the first time I watched it, I was not expecting uh, the uh, um, the horniness of it, and I like to play the television pretty loud, and I had to turn down some of the, I had to turn down the volume on some scenes, because I didn't want the neighbors to think I was, uh, you know, yeah. Great, though. Really good. I remember, I remember when we were watching, really good. when we looked over at Alexis during certain scenes, your mouth was just open and Wide eyes like dinner open, plates. catching flies, guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alexis was was a bit like Renfield, just sucking flies back with her open Lost. mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I I, yeah. I wrote down a quote from Alexis. There is a scene where. Mina, so the I, this is a fairly faithful adaptation to the book. The major thing that gets added is a romance between Mina and Dracula, which kind of is the emotional spine of the movie and works super well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a point where Mina is crying and Dracula raises his hand to her face and he turns her tears into diamonds. Mm-hmm. And at that moment in the movie, oh, yeah, Alexis said... Did he just make diamonds out of her tears? 
Oh my god, take me now. Yeah. <laughs> Alexis was, was yep. like like illegally horny during this movie. It was uh I like, considered getting off the couch halfway through. Yeah. I Explain yourself. I, Answer for what you've done. There is no words, only feelings. Very deep, 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 deep feelings. <laughs> they weren't that deep. They were right on the surface. I'm choosing to ignore the double entendre. Oh here. my god! You know what though? Oh when the what, what's the, what's her friend's name? Uh, Lucy. Lucy. Alexis when Lucy, oh, yeah. when Lucy showed up on the screen, I just she's just like flouncing around. She's just like flouncing around this like kind of like garden for a second, coming into the the shot, and I just like turned to the boys. My mouth was open, and then I just said, "Who is that?" And you got plenty <laughs> of Lucy, that's for sure. Oh, I sure did. She, uh, I feel like she was. So what's what's my motivation? Like, what where am I approaching this? And basically, it's just you're in heat at all times. <laughs> There's a point where she's so Lucy is kind of playing three guys off of one another before she commits to getting married to one of them. I literally love that. And there is a point where she goes up to this Texan guy who's courting her and she goes, Quincy, please let me touch it. It's so big. <laughs> and then he pulls out this giant knife, and I was like, Jesus, Francis. Like, keep it in your... Are you Brian De Palma? Keep it oh. in your fucking pants, dude. It's, it's really great. It's really great. Uh, so, you know, sometimes I don't love, like, overtly sexual tones in movies, but this movie sure did it right. It's like, every single bitch. time, every single time there was a little comment, I was like, ooh, that's spicy, I like it. I wrote down, this movie has everything. Guy on girl, girl on girl, three vampires on guy, wolf man on girl, the works. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it really does. It There's really a point does. where a vampire lady bites Keanu in the dick. Yeah, uh, you know what? Actually, something I hadn't noticed until the third time I'd watched it was uh, during the uh, orgy scene with the three vampires. Mm -hmm. Dracula's brides. One of the brides bites Keanu Reeves' nipple. Oh yeah, oh, no, yeah. that's like one and of the first things I noticed. It's squirting blood and she's drinking it. And I, I just, I kind of had to sit back and go, I think, I think I need that in my life. Yeah. Right? I'm not 100%, doing that for you. 100% behind that. Um, I loved that scene because towards the end, Keanu is just like, I had to escape from there. And I'm like, sir, what? Yeah. I'm sorry. No. I'm screwed. Go Come back. On, you should have given that Airbnb like a five star. Okay. Like, I don't know. You know, this man was acting like it was torture. And I quoted, um, something from the movie, uh, Oliver and Company, which is a Disney movie, but it's at the Good end. Segue. Yeah. Little Chihuahua, little Chihuahua, played oh, by yeah. Chong, and where he's like, "Man, if this is torture, chain me to the wall." I laughed so hard because that is exactly how I felt. I was like, "If Monica Bellucci was licking my nipple, holy shit!" I'm not I would going anywhere. Never way. leave. Yeah, I'm like, "Take me now. Take me now. Make this me moment. Go." So. Since we've referenced something that Alexis said in reference to Gary Oldman, I'd, I'd like to circle back to some of the performances in this movie. Yes. Because, holy shit, Mr. Gary Oldman, wow. I believe that Francis Ford Coppola's conversation with him went something like this. Okay, Gary, 
So in the first scene, we want you at an 11. Then in your next appearance, we need you at like a 57. And then you just kind of keep going up from there until the movie's over. Gary Oldman is giving a thousand percent in every single scene he's in. He's mm-hmm. so camp. He's so committed. It is like one of my all-time favorite horror villain performances. There's a bit right when Jonathan comes to Dracula's castle where uh, Dracula goes, you are a man of good taste. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, when Jonathan Christ. cuts himself shaving and then he takes the blade away and he continues and then licks the blood off. Okay. Oh, my goodness. I'll also say, this is one time I do not mind an aquatic metaphor because he says, I have crossed oceans of time to yeah. be with you. And I was like, oh. It's a a genuinely very romantic movie. No, it really is. It's it's really beautiful. And I love how Gary Oldman gets to chew chew the scenery, not only as Dracul when he is the old version. The makeup on him in that opening is incredible. He He looks like Emperor Palpatine. When he gets to be young again when he goes to London oh it's like oh Jesus Alexis we get the oh shit no I like as soon as they I I think it was like a carriage pulled past and then you see him for the first time I was like holy shit those locks are luscious (laughs) oh I had a I know the Boston sleeps I have to (laughs) mentioning the luscious locks I have to address a complaint from one of our listeners on the thing episode okay Uh, this was from my father he was like you guys didn't really talk about what Kurt Russell does for that movie. You just talked about how lush his hair is. <laughs> Welcome to the film majors. Yeah, strap in, Mr. Harris. There was literally uh, an 80s scene in the movie that we were working on, and some woman came down the stairs, and Mick was like, you see that hair? That's what 80s hair is supposed to look yeah. like. Yeah, so that's some 80s hair right there. So the period hair in this film is on point. It's oh, fantastic, yeah. Yeah. except for uh, Alexis had a complaint. Oh, uh, I did, because when... halfway through the movie, you have like Keanu's character. What the fuck is Jonathan. his name? Jonathan. He, he's aged, right? He's aged so many years from being stuck with Monica Bellucci. And I'm like, first of all, Find, find a more believable lie. Um, <laughs> second, secondly, his hair is like... It looks like the fucking, like, spray that you get from Spirit, from Spirit Halloween. Halloween. I was like, who did this? This is a war crime. I yeah. Wrote, yeah, no, no, that's it. That's what it was. I wrote down, <laughs> who did his hair? This is a war crime. No, <laughs> it, I do have to say, Keanu's hair, when it turns gray, does look like they used the same stuff that I used when I was in a high school production of Hamlet playing Polonius. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it looks like something they just, like, sprayed into his hair. Combed it, that's good. No, it yeah. literally looks like hair that I had when I played, like, an older mother. Just, like, kind of combed, like, white combed through my hair. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we were talking about Gary Oldman's performance. I want to shout out a few other performances. Namely, the man who is operating at the same level of, like, operatic theatricality as Mr. Oldman, and that is someone who was in the film that kicked off the prestige horror trend of the 1990s, and that is Mr. Anthony Hopkins. Sir Anthony Hopkins now, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, but I don't respect the authority of the British Crown, so he's Mr. Anthony Hopkins. I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anthony Hopkins really shows up about halfway through the movie and pretty much says... Yeah, I'll operate at the same level as Gary Oldman. I'll dial it up to a thousand. 
half of my notes on this movie, once you get into, like, the back half of the movie, basically become things that Hopkins says as Van Helsing. Otherwise, your precious Lucy will become a bitch of the devil! Uh, yes, oh, please, Alexis. My side note of that, I think I, I was like, mm, I don't know, Meg. I think I could be one of Satan whores. A rose by any other name. <laughs> That's correct. Also, That's correct. Bitch of the Devil would be an amazing, like, 80s hair metal band. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Satan's would... concubines. Mm. It's the devil's concubine! So good. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins being cast as Abraham Van Helsing is the best casting of that acclaimed character ever. I think that's been put to screen. You don't like Hugh Jackman? I don't. I like Hugh Jackman, but I don't like him as Van Helsing. I just, uh, the movie's not movie. great. It is a bad movie. It's, I'm sorry. I'm, I, yeah. I, 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 I'll, yeah, I watched it a few times when I was a kid, but, you know, I think it mainly it was for Satan's whores. <laughs> because there are another three gorgeous um, Dracula's concubines in that movie, so. What? You wish to defile her? No, 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 no. Just wish to cut off her head and put a stake through her heart. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> that, uh, also, the line that Van Helsing has at the end, we've all become God's madmen. Like, that goes so hard i yeah that kind of takes me into something that i want to say about like this movie versus some other like prestige horror movies from a guy who's like directed so many like acclaimed films has won multiple oscars i believe won the palme d'or like three years in a row in the 70s mm-hmm. coppola does not forget to make this a horror movie yeah there, there is one scene where Dracula's brides consume a baby. Yeah. They keep that yeah. from the book. Like, it, it is a movie that genuinely has some pretty disturbing imagery and, like, cares about serving the genre that it is as opposed to trying to pretend to be something that it's not, which I feel like some prestige horror movies do. They decide that they're going to be embarrassed about being a horror movie right. in order to try to, you know gain more sort of acclaim. Yeah, Yeah, you know, I I think I really enjoyed it because, I mean, obviously it was my first time seeing it, so the opening sequence where um, Mina, the OG one, uh, does she have a different name? Mina, yeah. Yeah, Mina Harper. Yeah, but is that her name before she, like, um, Oh, when she is Dracula? When she's originally his wife. I don't believe so. Oh, yeah, I don't I don't think they give her a name in that little yeah, opening. But she, or if they do, I don't remember. She 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 hears that he's like killed in action like on the field and so she literally like throws herself off the balcony and then he comes back and he's like so distraught mm-hmm. by the fact that she's dead that he um renounces God. Renounces God and essentially makes himself drug. Um, and at that opening. moment, I, I like turned to make. I was like, "This is a romance." Yeah, it's a romance. Cool. And then you still have that scene with the baby, and I was like, "Oh my god!" There's nothing more horrifying to me than when like children die in horror movies, like in Pet Cemetery, when like the kid gets taken out by the semi. Like one of the worst. I've literally had dreams about like my nephews like that happening to one of my nephews it's it's just like a it horrifying is. mental image yeah you know and yeah and so like the the imagery of like sacrificing like literally like a, a baby 
a demonic entity yeah. doing that. Yeah, it's it's horrifying, and that that's part of what I really appreciate and respect about this adaptation is how faithful it is to the source material. You know, it's great. It's 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 pretty much you know not, I don't want to say word for word, but I mean they they take it all and they put it on the screen and it looks so good. It's such a great adaptation. Yeah, that that reminds me. I watched some of the BBC Dracula series. They did like a three episode mini series adapting Dracula that I believe Stephen Moffat and Mark Gaddis wrote. Mm -hmm. And for most of the first episode, I was like, oh. This rules. This is like a great, faithful adaptation of the source material with a, like, cool interpretation of Dracula. And then it pivots and departs from the source material, and I've never been more disappointed. Because Dracula is it's such a great story. You don't, yeah. you don't need to mess with it. Like, and I think that this movie does a great job of just faithfully adapting the story while adding elements that make it more like emotionally re rich that that relationship between Dracula and Mina it doesn't take away from the original narrative it just makes it more emotionally complex and compelling yeah you know absolutely and you know I have uh, you know at the, at the risk of sounding predatory uh, uh -oh. I have always here. Here it comes, Mick the serial killer. Uh, yeah, I have. Don't uh, self-identify like that. <laughs> I'm just trying to beat you to the punch because that seems to happen every episode. Um, I wonder why that is. Yeah, I wonder. Um, if, <laughs> That's such a serial killer thing to say. I'm going to beat you to the punch. I'm literally going to kill you first before uh, you kill me. I vampires are my favorite monster. They absolutely are, and the, the yeah. reason I love vampires is because they are sexy they are they entrap you and you almost want to be taken by them because the the appeal of living forever has its ups but it has its downs and you just i don't know i love i love the idea of vampires i i for me i think it's the immediate draw to like hedonism yeah this just there's something so inherently sensual about yeah. like uh, a vampire's mo well that's that's what the like original novel dracula was playing on it was playing on fears in victorian england of sexual diseases mm -hmm. and you know a level of xenophobia like our women are going to be ravaged by these men from the east and it's like yeah but it's kind of hot though yeah. uh ravage me yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Isolate that audio. Vlad, go ahead and impale all you want. Yeah. <laughs> impale me deeper. <laughs> uh, yeah, I and also the fact that especially in, in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, that the the monster is just so fueled by love. Yeah. And you know, I relate. I mean, we've talked about that. I mean, during the last episode, but that's why I like uh, Baz Luhrmann is because I'm so, I personally am such a, a hopeless romantic. I think that's also why I tend to, I, to identify yeah. with vampires because it's just oh man I just want I just want to love I, and fuck this and eat and drink. this tracks so hard with just all the things that we so this is probably why you're the only one who has love in your life Zach because me and Mick are so toxic like we loved Phantom Thread just because the the, the two characters we got to the end we we're like wow that was so toxic I love it. <laughs> 
I, I feel like that's the thing. That's what, you know, Edwin was roasting me for is like, in terms of what I find sexy in a movie, it's that same sort of stuff. I'm like, oh, oh, Pearl's completely insane and will chop me up if I try to leave her? Okay. Oh, Rosamund Pike and Gone Girl is going to frame me for murder? Do it. Like, yes. you know, yeah. I, I, in terms of like stuff in movies, I'm into it. It's, yeah. I, I don't know why that doesn't translate to my life, but it's probably, it's, it's a great thing that it doesn't because, you know, being framed for murder would be bad. Yeah. I wouldn't do well in prison. It doesn't prison. usually yeah. go well. Unfortunately usually. for me and Megan, it does translate into our life. It and does. that's probably why yeah. we're not dateable. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh, I think wow. you're dateable. Okay, I don't want to be I think both. I think both of you could find love. Oh, thank Thanks, you, Zach. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go going on. out on a branch No, there. that's enough. Okay. That's awesome. All right. <laughs> sweet. I'm going to hold on to that feeling. I'm going to chase yeah. this. All, all right. right. There's some, that's some naivete, but okay. But I think you're right. I yeah. think we all here in our own ways have more red flags than a communist military parade. Is that why you keep this house just so brightly lit with different colors so that you can't like tell that there's walking red flags? Yep. Oh, sure. okay. That's, that makes sense. Uh, back to the movie. I'd like to... <laughs> I'd like to shout out costume designer Aiko Ishioka, uh, who won the Academy Award this uh, that year well for deserved. costume design. Yeah. The costume design in Bram Stoker's Dracula is immaculate. From the like muscle armor that you see on Vlad in the beginning to Lucy's big white dress that she gets buried in. Ooh, yeah. To like the big, big yeah, the big yeah. trailing gown that Dracula exactly. is in yeah. in his first scene where he meets Harker. Like every single costume in this movie is just immediately iconic. I remember every single one. The guys in the psychiatric hospital with the cages on yeah, their heads, looking like some Silent Hill shit. Okay. Like it is yeah. incredible. What is the guy's name? Um, who eats the flies? Renfield. Renfield. Played by Tom okay, Wayne. Glad you're gonna bring this his up. His straight yeah. jacket has this incredible texture to it. Yeah. I I don't know. I really I, loved it. I wrote that in my notes that you know we all of the costumes are so beautiful and get a lot of recognition, yeah. but Renfield's straight jacket yeah. is super simple, but it's so dynamic and yeah. so nightmarish. Yeah. It, it, it's really, really, it's really, really cool. Um, it, yeah, I, I just, it's fan, it's fantastic. The costume is so good. But Alexis, I want you to take it away because I know this is like... Well, I really like the fact that like the women's dresses are very characterizing because, you know, obviously it's it's like Victorian England. So, you know, you have high necklines, um, low dresses for the most part. So you have Mina's character who is you know, clearly sexually repressed. I mean, she's with fucking Jonathan. I literally you know, wrote... She's with fucking Jonathan. At and the beginning this, of the movie, I wrote, Mina is horny, Jonathan! Literally, she's... Well, she's stuffed into this dress, you know, with this high neckline. Like, she's all completely covered. And, um... I don't know. You know, you, immediately when you see Lucy, you can tell that she's a completely different character because the first time that she pops up, her dress is a, a lace off the shoulder. So she's showing a lot more skin, and that is characterizing of her herself, you know, um, that she is not repressed, whereas Mina is, like, completely covered up in all of hers. But her dresses are beautiful. There's this, it's like a turquoise dress with, like, this full bustle. It's gorgeous. Really, really beautiful. And uh, we got lucky, Zach, you still need to go there. 
the motion, the Academy Motion Picture uh, Museum in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, we went there, and they have the original on, uh, camera used costumes from this film yeah. on display. They have the uh, the uh, the armor that looks mm -hmm. like a muscle bat thing. They have the the big reflective robe mm -hmm. that Dracula cool. wears when he comes yeah. out of the coffin. And you see those in person, and you have even more of a profound respect for it because they're just so intricate and so well made. I mean, when you're looking at it the three feet from your face, it's, yeah. you also it makes to, it real. Yeah, you also have to think about like the physicality uh, that the actors embody when those kinds of costumes are clearly so heavy. Yeah, you know. Um, I I want to shout out another '90s, or maybe it was 2000. Anyways, another horror movie that Aiko Ishioka did the costumes for. Have either of you guys seen The Cell? I've not, no, but I've always I've meant it. to. It is gorgeously costumed, yeah. and uh, do, do you care if I like spoil the premise? Don't worry. Essentially, uh, it's about a psychologist who is working with this experimental technology that allows her to go into the like minds and dreams of her patients uh, to try to help treat them. Uh, and she has to go into the mind of a comatose serial killer played by Vincent D'Onofrio to try to find oh, out wow. where yeah, his captive victim is. And they wear these suits when they go into the minds of people that look very similar to the armor that Dracula wears in the opening of the mm -hmm. movie. It's a, a gorgeous movie. It's uh, you know, a similar premise to Inception, but I think it does a better job at, like, capturing the sort of fantastical nature of dreams. The Cell's a really good movie. Check it out if you haven't. Yeah, I, I think I will. Um, yeah, I want to give a shout-out to, to some other character actors in here that we haven't mentioned yet. Richard E. Grant yes. as the Doctor. Really, really good. Carrie Elwes as, uh, as Arthur. Wesley? Uh, really, I, I mean, again, we have Winona Ryder, Gary Oldman, Keanu Reeves, Anthony Hopkins, Monica, Monica uh, Bellucci. I mean, it's 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 really great. It's a yeah. stacked cast, and that's another thing that I think adds to the prestige of this. These are not, you know, horror actors. These are not necessarily low budget actors, and I don't, I'm not say that in yeah, a demeaning let's, way. Let's not disparage but, the great horror actors but let's of be which honest, there are many. Gary Oldman, Richard E. Grant, Anthony Hopkins, these are all people that are Shakespeare trained actors from England and giving them this material and just letting them go at it. I think that that's so probably fun. why it works so well for them because the material is so much to chew on. Yeah, when Richard E. Grant is, when, when it, oh, I love the sequence, when, when Dracula first is arriving by ship and you have Anthony Hopkins giving the captain's log, he's doing that whole thing, and then suddenly everyone seems to be in a frenzy, and you go through this montage of, you have Lucy who's in heat again, and then it cuts to uh, Renfield losing his mind, the master's coming, and then it cuts to the doctor, Richard E. Grant, who's like, pulling tight on a, on a belt on his arm as he's like doing heroin and it's everyone's going in this frenzy the, the, the London is losing their mind because there is a literal storm coming because this demon from Transylvania is coming it's just so great it's I, so so good I love the just like kind of the arc that Dracula takes himself to because I mean he's clearly he's so 
He has, like, this one-track mind, almost, of getting Mina, right? Mm -hmm. But by the time you get to the end, you know, he's ready to let her go because, you know, he wants her to live. Yeah. And once again, this is a romance movie. I love it. You know, in terms of uh, romantic... romance. In terms of romantic vampires, he's, uh, he's more respectful than fucking Edward, you know? Yeah. Yeah. As much as I do enjoy the... Twilight films for the trash that they are, and we will yeah, probably have we to talk should about do them. A saga. I, yeah, yeah we I will do also saga say, like I, I want all our listeners to know, I unironically love the Twilight series. They're very fun. They're yeah. they're actually oh, they're good. They're good. <laughs> they're bad, but they're good. Um, yeah, I also have to give a shout out really quickly. I am going to butcher this so horribly, mm-hmm. but go for it. Wujet Killar. Woodish Killar or whatever. Sure. That is the uh, musical composer for this film. Mm. The music in this is so good. It has one of my. Yeah. It has some of my favorite horror. It's one of my favorite horror themes. Uh, I would put it right up, uh, right up there with um, uh, The Shining. Yeah. It just as Actually, soon as you hear it, as soon yeah. as you hear it, you just get these chills. Like you are being brought into this world. I it's so immersive. Like it, I think, because um, it kind of also plays into the feeling of being overcome by Dracula himself. It's overwhelming. You feel it come into you. Do you want you Dracula know? to come into you? I mean, <laughs> come on, that was teed I, up. That was teed up, and uh, what, what, what and now it? she's bricked up. <laughs> I no, literally, I have a note that says redhead shows up. Alexis is bricked up. Yeah, <laughs> which was true. Yeah, was true. Was immediate, immediately accurate. Whew. Uh, go for it. Oh, I. This is not really related to what we've been talking about, but. I just want to give a shout out to Keanu Reeves, who worked with, you know, a lot of pretty great directors in the 90s. He worked with Catherine Bigelow. He worked with Francis Ford Coppola. He worked with uh, Gus Van Sant. Yeah. uh, And he worked with the Wachowski sisters. So, like, I I feel like there was a period in Tom Cruise's career Mm -hmm. where he was dedicated to kind of working with all of the great directors of the moment. You know, he worked with Scorsese, Spielberg, Michael Mann, and Stanley you know, Kubrick. Yeah, Stanley Kubrick. And I think I think Keanu did a bit of a similar thing. So I, I think kind of like was, what Robert Pattinson's doing right now. Yeah, working with a bunch of great directors. So I, th- I think it's I think it's commendable. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. Good uh, job, Keanu. Yeah. To be fair, I think uh, I think it's hard maybe to play Jonathan because he's the least fun character. He's the straight yes. man. Yeah. He is. He. You, that's probably, maybe that's another reason why I just don't like him because I'm like, you're such a fucking killjoy. What He's a goddamn wet blanket. <laughs> Get your shit together, Charlie yeah, I Brown. I think the audience is probably listening to this and very well aware of the truth, which is you were really rooting for Mina to go with Dracula. Absolutely. Yeah. I was like, not nah, dump his ass. Girl, why are you marrying him? You're going to be so bored. You remember the scene where uh, Dracula is shirtless and cuts the uh, his chest and Mina starts sucking the blood out of his <laughs> chest and he's just leaning back and everyone's <laughs> orgasming. What do you mean? Yeah, I'm all, <laughs> thank God we were on the couch. There was something to soak it all up. 
Super expensive. That couch was white when I first got it. Now it's yeah, deep now it's purple. Which has some, clean dis- has some disturbing implications. <laughs> the implications. Um, yeah. God. I think this is just more characterizing me as a monster if we're going to play it like that. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like every episode of this podcast gets like a little bit hornier. We're just choosing and impact, like... Horny movies, I think. I feel like ten episodes from now, it's just going to be us moaning. It's all <laughs> just going to be ASMR an hour, an hour of us just grinding. I'm going to be honest. I think the next episode's going to throw a little bit of cold water on that. Why? The next movie we're talking about, you getting horny to that? I don't even know what it is. It, we were talking about eel slurping. <gasps> That's what we're is talking. That That's, yeah, we talked about this. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Wait, we, what is it? Well. Oh, Are okay. we done talking about no, Dracula? No, we're not done talking about Dracula. Okay. We have some more things to talk about. I specifically wanted to talk about the use of the overlays and blending of the film frames. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's something that Coppola started doing in Apocalypse Now mm-hmm. and yeah. is absolutely gorgeous in this movie. Sorry, please take it away. Oh, no, no, no. I've never seen Apocalypse Now, so I don't even know. Uh, honestly, I just brought it up so that you guys can talk about it. Yeah, I, I made a note that was like the there's a scene where Jonathan early in the movie Jonathan's traveling to Transylvania Mm. the tiny toy train the eyes in the sky you see Dracula's eyes superimposed in this blood red sky this really like might be one of the most beautiful horror movies ever every frame yeah because it's like they use a lot of negative space in their like original shots and then they overlay things into that negative space and it makes it so like visually like a storybook yeah and they're and they're using really like old-timey techniques the silhouettes i i don't know if there's yes the silhouette puppetry at the beginning when vlad's impaling people i i truly don't think that there's any like computer generated imagery in this movie i I believe go ahead oh i was just gonna say an, an interesting little blurb about this is Coppola had some VFX person on this. this he didn't like about. what they were doing. Yeah. So he fired them and he hired his son to do it. And oh. I mean, I feel like the Coppola family is a testament to yeah. Hollywood nepotism for good because they yeah. produced, yeah, his VFX designer. Is it Roman son. Coppola? Yes, I believe Roman Coppola. I met him. I had Did lunch you? with him. Oh, yeah. wow. Uh, in the movie in San Francisco, yeah, because that's an American zoetrope film. He came to set with his family one day, and we all had lunch together. I did not know at the time he was the one. He did. Oh man. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, you have him. You have Sofia Coppola. You have Mr. Nicholas Cage, mm-hmm. Nicholas Coppola. Yeah. So yeah, no, I I think that that's just Is like Jason Schwartz. Yes, Jason Schwartzman. Yeah, he's yeah. another one of the Coppolas. Yeah. Yeah, it's like. I don't know. There is something kind of nice about, like, Coppola yeah. movies are kind of a family affair. Absolutely. I think when we talked about going back to the effects and them all being pretty much practical and, and done in a very old, uh, traditional way, uh, I would love to have a, a, a new film take a crack at that again, just to see what it's like. Cause it's just yeah. so fun. Like, even the lightning strikes in this film are all done within the chemical process yeah. of film. So cool. 
Two things that I wanted to mention was the moment where Keanu has first come to Dracul's um, castle, and they're in this room where there's a giant map um, behind them, and and you can see Dracul kind of like kind of pacing around him to the side, but then you just see this shadow appear on the map, and it looks like it's about to kind of take. Keanu. And I don't know, I've never seen like Nosferatu or like any of those older movies, but it feels kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny that it's a movie that isn't really riffing on anything of the time period. It's riffing totally. on like German expressionist like Ooh, horror movies yes. from the 20s. Really, really great. You know what's funny is uh, I watched this quite late in my life, Bram Stoker's Dracula. I The first rendition of this that I saw was Mel Brooks's satire on this Dracula Dead and Loving It starring <laughs> Leslie Nielsen and I loved that as a kid and uh, that's something that Mel Brooks really plays with is the shadow having a mind of its own mm-hmm. and they have some pretty hilarious sequences using that, I love that. Uh, so if you ever want to watch a really bad uh, Mel Brooks movie check out Dracula Dead and Loving It might be a good double feature with this actually um... You know, it's another shot that I really, really loved. Um, it was pretty early in the movie. Uh, Renfield is kind of like floating, and is he talking to yes. Dracula? No, okay. I don't know if he's talking to him, but he's... He, yeah, he I think he's, like, talking to Dracula. I mean, Dracula's not there, but he's talking to him. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but there's, like, it's a shot from above, yes. right? And there's this kind of, like, blue lighting, and he's floating, and I don't know, there's just something very dynamic about that. I don't, I think I know the shot you're talking about. I don't even think that he's, yes, I don't even think that he's floating. It's just this, like, I think it's a fisheye it, lens. It looks like he's floating from the angle they're, that they're yes. shooting down with the blue lighting. Like the way that it's staged, it looks like he's floating in the air as he's being overcome by these feelings. The spirit to, of Dracula. Yeah. I don't know. I really loved it. Yeah, I, the other thing I love about that shot is like he stands up and like raises towards the camera and then shrinks down. It literally looks like he is growing and shrinking. It's yeah. Yeah. it's such a cool shot. I think that's when uh, Renfield is introduced as well. Yeah, I think it also speaks to like you know I mean <laughs> my absolute favorite the guy fucking Michael Bay. Um, yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, that guy. You know, he uses all this fucking, like, fancy camera moves and drone moves and sure whatever. Sure they're great. And, yeah, fuck him. Um, Boo. And uh, there's so many static shots in this film, but they're so interesting to look at. Yeah. You know, you can really study them. That's so. what I meant. This movie is so rich in yeah. so many different ways. And uh, to continue with that, um, we talked about in the last episode uh, underrated performances from popular actors and in in a similar realm there we talk about famous special effects creature effects the thing we talked about that i think another really famous one is um an american werewolf in london that's another really famous one i think this movie deserves more of a shout out i think the wolfman slash it's more of a bat it's when he's in his bat form he's a wolfman the creature effects of his form in, in, in that way is so good. Those makeup effects are fantastic. Again, if you like creature features, you should have this on your list. Because it absolutely gives you that in abundance. Do we have anything else? Because I should probably wrap this up pretty quick. I gotta get out of here. 
Oh, um, I just wanted to say one more thing. There's, like, Lucy's wearing this, like, lace neck piece that's, like, enormous. And my, my note was just, this is sumptuous and extravagant. <laughs> yes. Which is, how, which is how I describe Alexis. Yeah, my which is... <laughs> that's, that's not even... I'm not even lying. That's weird. That's weird for you to say. <laughs> I remember one time they text me, like, how's Alexis doing? Sumptuous and extravagant. <laughs> Am I wrong? You don't get to hang out with me as much. Mick gets to see me in all of my glory. You know, uh, it's a sumptuous <laughs> and extravagant uh, hoodie and sweatpants you're wearing right now. Uh, don't talk about it. I look so bad right now. Oh, no. no you, look, you, you look comfy. Look good. You look uh, yeah, no, good. I literally, I was like, I'm. it's going to be maybe 6.30 by the time we start recording. I'm going to be here at 8. I'm not going home. I'm literally yeah. about to curl up on your couch. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, all right. Well, I think... If we've spoken our piece on Bram Stoker's Dracula, mm-hmm. I would like to get us into our next film, Ooh, which will yeah. be our final film of Spooky Season. It will be a movie that I feel was made specifically for me. Me and I Goth, think, here we come. I think that that should maybe be our big topic next time, is movies you feel were made specifically for you. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you for letting me know... The topic ahead of time. I told I you this, this one ahead of time, Did too. Did you? Yep. I forgot it. Well, oh, there you go. <laughs> we have a week of prep. All okay. right. So, I'm going to write it down. Yeah, everyone's heard it here first. I informed everyone. It's on the record. Of what the big topic is. And the film that we'll be discussing is Gore Verbinski's 2016 horror magnum opus, A Cure for Wellness, starring Dane DeHaan, Mia Goth, and Jason Isaacs. A criminally underrated movie. Absolutely. Once again, a movie I have not seen. And you're gonna love it. We should play the drinking game. I'll post the drinking game. I almost died playing the drinking <laughs> game. Yep. But that was my own fault, and we'll go into that in our next episode. Alright. I almost died because of a cure for wellness. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that brings us to the end of our episode. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at FilmMajorsPod. And if you want to shoot us an email, tell us uh, what you'd like us to discuss. Tell us what you think we're doing wrong. Send us that fan fiction. Please don't. Yeah, tell us what we're doing wrong. We'll do more of it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, our email is filmmajorspod at gmail.com. Is it? Sure is. Oh, that's great. All right. Say it at the end of every episode, Mick. Uh, Keep uh, listening. I did forget to say it at the end of the last one. Oh, okay. I fucked up on that. All right. <laughs> I, I had fun today, folks. This was really, really great. Um, listeners, thank you again for tuning in to the Film Majors. Uh, we love you. We, we love doing this, uh, and I want to keep doing this for as long as we can. Yeah, I think, I, I, I think I'm gaining years of my life making Zach uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, no, I feel like my life force is dwindling, but that's okay. It's worth it. I may make it's it okay. to Christmas. She is too. For dwindling your life force. Yeah, no. I'm slowly sucking it into mine. The longer we do the podcast, <laughs> the longer Alexis will live, and the shorter I will. You really are a Dementor. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, that's it for us. Goodbye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.